1324, Dame Alice Kittler was the first Irish woman to be accused of witchcraft. Had she really used the dark arts to acquire her wealth, or was she just your everyday serial killer? In this video, we will delve into the deadly story of a woman who became known as the Witch of Kilkenny. Welcome to Medieval Madness. He's the one. Alice was the only child of Flemish immigrants who were thought to have settled in Flemish town Kilkenny during the mid-13th century. Sometime between 1280 and 1285, shortly after her father died, Alice married her first husband, William Outlaw. He was probably the brother of Roger Outlaw, who later became Chancellor of Ireland. William was a successful merchant and moneylender. It was common for the wives and mothers of medieval merchants to have a role in the family business. The couple had a son together who was also named William, and when William Senior died, his son was declared an adult and took over the running of the business. Subsequently, he became mayor of Kilkenny at one point. Two's Company By 1302, Alice had remarried another moneylender named Adam Leblund of Callan, who was also considerably wealthy. An indication of the highly profitable nature of money lending and the combined wealth of the family is evident when, in 1303, William Jr. declared that he was guarding the sum of £3,000, a sum which would equate to probably over £2 million today. At some point that year, Alice and Adam were accused of the murder of William Sr. because of the sudden nature of his death, but the charges were dropped. For some reason, in 1307, Adam quit-claimed everything he owned to his stepson William. Quitclaiming was a medieval law whereby someone can transfer all of their property to someone else. So William was given all of Adam's wealth, jewels, and possessions. This seems a strange thing to do when we find out that Adam had children of his own from a previous marriage. Alice also had her rights of dower. In law, a dower was a provision bequeathed to a widow from either her husband or his family to support her after her husband's death. Third and fourth time unlucky. At some point Adam died, because in 1309, Alice had married her third husband, a man named Richard de Val. He was a rich landowner from a prominent family in County Tipperary, and again William profited from the match. But after Richard's mysterious death sometime before 1316, Alice had to take court proceedings out against Richard's real son because he was refusing to provide her widow's dower. And people were beginning to talk. By 1324, Alice had married her fourth husband, a knight called Sir John Lepoa, making Alice into a dame. And Sir John also changed his will so that it favoured Alice and her son William. By this point, the Merry Widow, as she became known, seemed to be an expert in persuading her husbands to disinherit their own offspring in favour of her only child. Unsurprisingly, this caused much resentment among her stepchildren. Suspicious over the circumstances of their father's deaths, and bitter about the loss of inheritance, but with no actual proof of a natural crime. They decided that Alice must have used supernatural powers to bewitch their fathers before she had murdered them with poison. Witch They chose to report her to the church authority, citing malefacium or witchcraft. At the time, it was quite a mundane charge and equivalent to a petty crime in English law, and was usually dealt with by local authorities. In the early Middle Ages, the long traditional practices and beliefs of paganism mixed together with the new religion of Christianity. It meant that elements of magic and folk beliefs were blended with Catholicism. Potions might be brewed while speaking the Lord's Prayer, or the sign of the cross might be made whilst making a talisman. 
Herbal preparations were often the base for medicines, and these were made by cunning women, healers, and good witches. But the Christian theologian Saint Augustine of Hippo said that all pagan magic and religion were invented by the devil. He insisted that Satan's purpose in inventing magic was to lure humanity away from the truths of Christianity. Customs such as fortune-telling, making charms, dousing, and speaking incantations were all denounced by the church. Up until 1258, the use of magic was not seen as heretical by the church because it was deep-seated in superstition. Then, because of a declaration by Pope Alexander IV, Witchcraft, divination, sorcery, that included praying at the altars of idols to offer sacrifices, to consult demons, or elicit responses from them, were seen as a heresy. Witches were said to be in league with the devil, and he was thought to give them powers in return for their soul. Because of the association between herbalism and magic, the crime of poisoning was often linked to witchcraft. The Zealous Bishop by 1324, Dame Alice had acquired substantial wealth, plus a great deal of land and property. She used much of her fortune to engage in further money lending. Seen as an unscrupulous business, this led to a lot of animosity towards her in the area. And now her fourth husband, St John Le Poer, had started to show signs of illness. So, believing that Dame Alice was a practicing witch, her stepchildren took their accusation to the Franciscan Bishop of Ossory, Richard Ledreed, whose diocese covered the southwest of Ireland. Since he had been appointed by the Pope in 1317, Ledreed was known for sticking rigidly to the laws of the church. He was a ruthless zealot who had trained at the Papal Court in Avignon and was determined to root out heresy at all costs. He was not well liked by the locals, but having a Pope John XXII as his patron emboldened the bishop. One of the Pope's great fears was sorcery. He believed that his own life was in danger from magic and Ledreed was more than happy to follow the Pope's lead and eradicate any form of sorcery. charges. Ledreed took no time at all to set up an inquiry, believing that there was a heretical coven within his district. Many of the witnesses against Alice, her son William and ten other women who were included as accomplices, were from the local community. And so many of Alice's accusers were probably in her debt financially, which hardly made them unbiased. The crimes charged against the group were terrible, and Dame Alice was alleged to be the ringleader. It was said that they had completely rejected Christ by not going to church or taking part in any Christian rituals. They made offerings to the demon called Robin, the son of Art, by cutting up live animals and scattering their pieces at crossroads, and supposedly stole the church keys and held nocturnal meetings, where they burned candles made from human fat. They boiled the internal organs of cockerels and worms, along with the skull of a robber, over a fire. Then added hairs from the buttocks, nails cut from corpses and the clothing of dead, unbaptized children, and all manner of other vile ingredients. From this concoction, they made lotions and powders that, when applied, would motivate people to hate and kill Christians. Dame Alice was accused of having carnal knowledge of an incubus, which came in the form of either a cat or a dog, in return for her wealth. She was charged with using witchcraft to murder some of her husbands and infatuate the others by reducing their senses so that she and her son William could prosper from their demise. Serial Killer The stepchildren also accused Dame Alice of poisoning her present husband, Sir John. His symptoms included weight, hair and nail loss, which is consistent with arsenic poisoning, so they were probably right. Before he died, Sir John was able to discover many of his wife's unholy ingredients in one of her chests. Poison is often thought of as the go-to method for women to kill their spouses. 
In the Middle Ages, women were generally responsible for jobs around the home, such as cooking, cleaning, and nursing. Dame Alice was no exception, and this gave her the perfect opportunity to get rid of her rich husbands. After all, at the time, murder was very hard to prove, especially poisoning. To die by arsenic poisoning is a particularly nasty way to expire. To begin with, the victim might have a headache combined with drowsiness and confusion. Over a short period of time, symptoms would include acute abdominal pain, vomiting blood, brain dysfunction, and bloody diarrhea. Long-term exposure can result in heart disease, a thickening of the skin, numbness in the limbs, and cancer. As death approaches, the victim will suffer great pain, convulsions, and then fall into a coma before their demise. The first of many. A woman named Petronilla of Meath, who was the maid servant of Dame Alice, was publicly flogged six times on orders from the bishop. Under this torture, she confessed that she had totally rejected her faith under the influence of Alice, and had been present when she made sacrifices and saw her conjure up evil spirits. Petronilla said that she didn't think there was anyone else in the world more skilled in the art of witchcraft than her mistress. She refused to repent and was sentenced to be burnt at the stake. She was the first woman burned for heresy in Ireland. The Kilkenny chronicler Friar John Clynn reported that, quote, Petronilla was condemned for sorcery, lots taking and offering sacrifices to demon, and consigned to the flames. Now, Bishop Ledreed felt that he had enough evidence against the Coven, and he wrote to the Chancellor of Ireland, who just so happens to be Roger Outlaw, uncle to William. So, Roger refused to arrest Alice. Ledreed took matters into his own hands, and accused William of harbouring heretics, and being a heretic himself. He excommunicated Dame Alice, who, sensing that it was the beginning of the end, deserted her son and fled Ireland, and was never heard of again. It's thought that she went to either Flanders or England. As for the rest of the supposed coven, some had their clothes marked on the front and back with a cross so everyone would know of their transgression. Others were not so lucky though, and they were flogged in the marketplace or exiled from the city. The Luck of the Irish William Outlaw confessed and begged the Bishop Ledreed for his life. He was imprisoned at Kilkenny Castle. Having such influential friends was always going to be a help for William, and they convinced the bishop to commute his sentence to penance and let him go. William was ordered to hear mass three times a day for a year, feed the poor of the diocese, and pay for the covering of the roof of the Cathedral of St. Canais, with lead. When Bishop Ledreed found out that William was not complying with his reparation, he had him re-imprisoned. William asked to see Bishop Ledreed and lay in the mud before a large crowd pleading for his own release. The bishop agreed, and the segment of the cathedral roof that needed lead was increased, and William was made to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land on the next available boat. William probably felt quite smug when in 1332, the roof of St. Canice's Cathedral collapsed due to the weight of lead, destroying the chancel and sacristy. Thank you for watching this episode of Medieval Madness. Please do subscribe if you're enjoying these videos, and I'll see you next week for another one. Have a great week. Cheers.